Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Today, we will be covering one of the most requested topics that you all have been requesting recently, psych, psychiatry. It's been long overdue. There is a large group of patients that you will see on your rotation that are there for psychiatric screening, right? Like suicidal ideation, psychosis, anxiety. With all of these situations, ED doctors follow the same kind of general formula that we're going to go through today with a little bit of variation, but you will encounter this frequently. This is the approach to psych, so let's do it. I want to keep the concepts today really nice and basic. There are two big objectives with these patients when they're in the emergency department. Two objectives that we're going to cover today. You have two jobs as the emergency medicine doctor on these cases. The medical clearance side of things and then the psychiatric risk assessment. Medical clearance, psychiatric risk screening. Equal parts to what you're trying to do. And it's actually pretty quite straightforward, actually. You have a patient and the chief complaint is, suicidal ideation or whatever, uh, medical clearance. With all of these cases, all psychiatric complaints, you need to do a medical screening exam. Medical clearance essentially for two reasons. One, let's say that this patient truly has severe suicidal ideation or a severe psychosis or something. They need inpatient psychiatry, probably. And apparently, basically, you're the last doctor that has the chance to address non-psychiatric complaints before they go to inpatient psych. Before psychiatric facilities accept these patients, they want a doctor, they want you to sign something somewhere saying that you have evaluated this patient and that they are medically safe to go kind of into a psychiatry setting. Sometimes facilities will have these ridiculous order sets that you have to get and these random tests that you would never even get on like a non-psychiatric patient just to prove that you have cleared them. But what you're basically doing here is you are acting as the final filter and catching acute medical conditions before they get sent into the psychiatric system. Pay attention here. So the basic screening lab set that you're probably going to see would be like electrolytes, CBC, probably an alcohol level. They love when you get the urine drug screen, obviously urine pregnancy, Tylenol, salicylate levels. Some will even require a urinalysis in patients without symptoms of UTI, which is especially bad medicine, but I, I digress. This is all so you can convince the psychiatric facility to their satisfaction that this patient does not have any big unaddressed medical issues that would make it unsafe for them to go there today. So this makes sense. That's one reason why you need to do medical clearance. The other part of medical clearance is that many of these, you know, quote, psych, quote, patients are not psych at all, right? Or maybe they are psych, but they didn't tell you. They overdosed on a dangerous amount of Tylenol or something. A classic scenario is the altered alcoholic that smells like liquor, but little did you know that they're actually like bleeding into their brain as well because they got into a fight and somebody like punched them in the face, right? Or the uh, acutely psychotic, out of control person that looks, quote, crazy that has encephalitis or hypoglycemia, that type of stuff. I've seen all of this, and that's why a big, big part of emergency medicine in our job is to rule out those types of emergencies and make sure that the patient doesn't get sent off down the wrong path. 
That's your responsibility. Medical screening or medical clearance, some people call it. It varies a little bit from department to department and what you're going to be required to do, but that's the first part of the big picture. And then the the other half of our approach to the psychiatry case, um, in addition to this medical screening, is the psychiatric risk assessment. And the question here is, is this patient a risk to themselves or to others because of a psychiatric condition? Do you think that there is a good chance that they are seriously going to hurt themselves or make a suicide attempt if they go home? Lots of patients get brought in by family who is like, scared of the patient because the patient keeps trying to hurt them or stab them with knives and stuff. And the family gets scared for their safety. This is a common situation. Is this patient psychosis so bad that if you let them go, they're going to wander into traffic and get hit by a car, get injured somehow? How high risk is this situation? And then the second thing your attending will want to know for this psychiatric risk screening, uh, Basically, yes or no, is this patient safe to go home or not? Maybe the patient comes in and they're upset, but then family comes and the patient calms down and they have a counselor and some coping mechanisms. And yeah, maybe maybe they said some stuff that they shouldn't have a few hours ago, but now if you send them home, they're going to probably actually be okay. Not all psychiatric complaints and chief complaints need to see like a psychiatrist immediately. You can certainly send lots of these patients home. It's just your job to kind of figure out when. If the patient is at too high risk to leave, most departments have some sort of mechanism that allows them to legally hold a patient against their will until they see psychiatry. And so in Tennessee, it was called the 6404 based off some law. In Ohio, it's called the pink slip. But basically, the doctor will fill out the form. You can fill out the form, start this protocol, and after they are done with their medical screening, they move the patient on to be seen by psychiatry, and they're kind of held in the department until they do. That is like the big picture, thousand-mile-high approach to psych in the emergency department. The first half, medical screening. Uh, you know, a lab panel like electrolyte, CBC, and then alcohol level, drug screen, urine pregnancy, Tylenol level, salicylate levels. That, that varies a little bit from institution to institution. But remember, you just don't want to miss medical stuff on these patients. And then the second half of this is the psychiatric screening. Is this patient safe to be discharged or do you need to have them see psychiatry today or tomorrow and legally hold them in the department if necessary? That's That's the big picture. So how this works, let's pull it all together. A patient gets put in the room, usually in the back corner somewhere where there's a lot of security guards nearby, far from the door, and you will read a triage note. It will mention most commonly, you know, suicidal ideation, let's say. Sometimes you get other psychiatric issues as well, though, and you will go see that patient. You will perform a medical history. You will do a medical exam and you're going to give your attending a medical testing plan so that you can medically clear the patient. And then in addition to that, you're going to perform your psychiatric risk assessment. So for suicidal ideation, do they intend to harm themselves? Have they thought out a well-reasoned plan or is it just kind of passive thoughts? Have they been hospitalized for this before? Have they attempted before? Do they have family or some sort of support structure that you can activate? That kind of thing. And you will report back to your attending how high risk you think they are and whether or not you think that they need to be held for inpatient psychiatry evaluation in a secure setting or if they can go home and see a counselor and that type of thing. That's that's it. That's how it works. These cases tend to be pretty quick because usually the patient has no 
no somatic complaints, no medical issues to be addressed. They're just there and they're tearful and you kind of just get your predefined labs for your institution and then you decide yes or no, should they stay or should they go? And then once you do a few of these, you'll kind of get it. Again, the big pitfall probably with all of this is missing encephalitis or hypoglycemia or some sort of trauma or overdose that they didn't tell you about, right? The real trick, to be honest, is catching bad medical problems in people where the triage says SI or intoxication or anxiety. And the nurse comes to you asking for restraints and some tech is running around saying, this person's so crazy. Don't get sloppy on this medical screening piece of things. It's okay to take 30 seconds and just ask yourself, am I missing something here? They have no history of psych. Yeah, he smells like alcohol and has altered mental status, but they're a chronic alcoholic and their blood alcohol is actually normal. That's weird. You just got to be careful. That's psychiatry. Send me an email with any comments or questions. Zach at emclerkship.com. Please tell a friend about the podcast. And until next week, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.